Come on, man. All right, I got one major question I'm asking you, ultimately. Michigan's new marriage law raised the minimum wage to 18 years old. Should it be higher than that, though? We're going to talk about that, music, movies, sports, all that, and more. It's coming up. You kicking it with KCMC, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about it. Popular topics, pop tops that may or may not be talked about in the news with George Truly, KCMC. Let's get into it. This one is coming from Detroit Free Press, freep.com, F-R-E-E-P.com. Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer has signed legislation making child marriage illegal in the state, raising the minimum age to marry to 18. Previously, Michigan allowed 16- and 17-year-olds to marry with parental parental or guardian consent, of course. And judges could give permission to those under 16. Child marriage is legal in most states, with 20 states having no minimum age requirement. The new bill signed by Governor Whitmer pro- prohibit marriage of those under 18, eliminating parental and guardian consent for minor marriages, and remove the provision that considers a minor emancipated if married. Critics of the legislation include GOP lawmakers who voted against the bills. That's what's happening in Michigan right now. This is kind of big. It's kind of not. Pause. But ultimately, a lot of people didn't know that you can get married at 16, 17 years old in the state of Michigan. And yet, people were actually doing that. Now, this is one of those laws where, like they said, there's child, child marriage is legal in most states. 20 of them having no minimum age requirement. That's almost half of the United States with no minimum age requirement. I just want to make sure you heard that. So it sounds like a law that didn't even need to be signed. It seems obvious, right? But almost almost half of the states in the United States don't even have an age requirement, let alone a 16, 17. So Governor Gretchen Whitmer is doing what I think most politicians lawmakers should be doing which is go back in the books check out these old laws that are still in place that people ain't paying attention to but are loopholes for a lot of people go back and uh change those laws let's update these laws now this is what i really want to argue right here changing it from 16 17 18 i'm with that i like that that's cool you're not giving these little little teenagers the ability to get married how about we raise it to 30? Raise the minimum age to get married to 30 all across the board. Here's why. Okay, yeah, you grown at 18. That's cool. They consider you that. You can go to the military, but it's still other stuff you can't do. You can't smoke legally. You can't drink legally, but you can go to the military. You see what I'm saying? Even when you're 21, a lot of people still consider you young. Let you hit 27, 28. You're going to start looking at your 21-year-old self like, man, I was doing some young and dumb stuff. So we already know that you're going to make some dumb mistakes in your early 20s, or sometimes in your 20s, period. So why not wait until you really developed and mature and experienced things before you get married? I know some people who, are getting, who got married in their 20s and got divorced. I also know people who got married in their 20s and still marry also. So I can argue both ends. But what I will say is, I feel like a lot of these cases with the people getting married super early, they ended in divorce because they were too immature. I feel like they can both tell you that. Raise the age to 30, I think it'll work out better for everybody because they'll be thinking on a more mature level. Not to say everybody's going to be mature at 30. 
but I think that's a better age than 18. What do you think? That's just what I think. Go off in the live chat in the comments or call into the show. 313-466-4386. I don't even have my phone line thing right here. I don't even have my phone. It, it, baby, if they call my phone, bring, bring my phone here. If they call it. All right, we're going to keep it moving. We live right now. I can't be playing. Let's move forward. Yeah, man, let's talk about music now in the audio audit, man. We can talk about a project that we just recently listened to. Surprisingly enough, got out of my element. Listen to Troy Ave's project. It's called Dear Hater, You Lost. Listen to this on YouTube Music. No endorsement. Shout out to YouTube, though. 10 tracks, 22 minutes. Very quick listen. Very, very quick listen. And if you listen to the title again, Dear Hater, You Lost, he has a very strict message he has to get across. So I can understand it being short and sweet. I like my projects to be between 30 minutes, so it's not too, sh but you know, not too short that I don't take it serious. Not longer than 45 minutes so that I don't get bored. This was under that, so I didn't take it serious. But like I said, he just wanted to get a message out. Out of 10 tracks, there was probably only six actual songs. Four of them were skits. So out of the, what, six songs, two of them actually stood out to me. Never Did Get Along and Always Say Yes. Those were some bangers. Not gonna lie. You're talking about Never Did Get Along With You Haters and all them other stuff. Always say yes. I forgot. I forgot exactly what the what, what that was, the meaning behind that. But that was a good song too. It was a bop, and it stood out to me while I was just listening to that project. So those two songs, man, I got. So if you don't know the situation, I had to educate myself real quick. I knew a little bit, but Troy Av, um, he was actually in a situation with uh, Tax Stone in a club. Actually, I'll say it right here. Uh, prosecutors say that Campbell, uh, better known as Tax Stone. He confronted Collins, Roland Collins, who is Troy Ave, in the green room at Irving Plaza on May 25th, 2016, shortly before Collins was set to perform for T.I. He allegedly shot uh, this, this guy who was a victim, McFadder, in the chest, fatally wounding him. Before shooting Collins in both legs during a struggle for the gun, a man and a woman were allegedly hit, seriously wounding both. So this tax stone dude who did the shooting fatally shot uh, McFadder, rest in peace. Tax stone got 35 years. He got 35 years. So this is Troy Ave putting out the album saying, yeah, you shot me. You tried to come at me. You killed somebody else. Now you're doing 35. Dear hater, you lost. And when I found that, I said, damn. It's a good album. <laughs> it's a good album with that being said, dog. I mean, it was six tracks, two of them that I like. That's a third. Even the skits, I was kind of messing with. After every song, he ended it with a, a, a brief snippet of somebody saying, Tax Stone, you lost, or you're done, or something like that. I was like, dang, he really getting at him. Hey, man, one of the rules in, 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 in mastery, or uh, uh, um, what are they called, the laws of power, crush your enemies completely. And that's the perfect example of that. Shout out to Troy Ave for that, man. Uh, Dear Hater, you lost. I I love this. I might have to be my anthem for the haters too, dog. Uh, 10 tracks, 22 minutes. Let me know what you think about Troy Ave as an artist. Let me know what you think about Dear Hater, you lost as a project. If you did listen to it. Or let me know some other projects you think we should do an audio audit on. Go off in the live chat in the comments or call into the show. 313-466-4386. Let's switch it up.
Yeah, man. Yeah. Now we like to talk about scenes that I saw in Corn Stream. You know what I mean? TV show, mu- music review, movie review. Excuse me. So we saw Insidious, The Red Door. When saw this at the Ford Wyoming Drive-In in, in Detroit area, no endorsements. But shout out to Ford Wyoming Drive-In. Been going there since I was a kid. Hour 47 minutes long. It's a horror and a mystery film. Now, this is like a uh, franchise. It's the, this is like the third, fourth installment of this. I've seen like the last two or whatever the case may be. My girl is really a big fan of this. So she wanted to go see this movie when we was in Detroit. She fell asleep in the drive-in, so I had to watch this movie, unfortunately. I'm going to be honest, I was confused, but it's Josh Lambert heads east to drop his son off, Dalton off at school. However, Dalton's college dream soon become a living nightmare when the repressed demons of his past suddenly return to haunt them both. Now, this is what happened to me in the first scene that kind of stood out to me. The father and the son had an argument about the father being a bad father and then he blamed it on him having a bad father which i understand not a legit argument but i understand and they were having this argument in his dorm room nobody wins in these type of arguments by the way just wanted to say that like nobody wins when the family feuds anyway his roommate ended up being this black woman super liberal woman uh left-wing socialite used this dialect that just made her seem like some witty intellect it was doing too much to me, though. It was it was one of those typecast characters, if that makes sense. But I, I didn't like it. But anyway, the son, Dalton, begins to, have, to experiment with the out-of-body experiment into another realm. And then it got confusing as hell. I'll say it was like the demonic version of Inception. Because I just got lost after so long. I was just like, he's going into a, another realm, and then he's his dad comes, and he... They go into another realm to destroy that realm to go back into the realm. It's like, it's like Nightmare on Elm Street, but it's not. <laughs> it wasn't a good movie. It was not a good movie to me. That's my personal opinion. Some people might like it. Nobody died in this movie. My girl likes it because nobody died. I don't like it because nobody died. If you're going to be a horror movie, everybody should die except for the killer. Because we want it to be a part two, right? Anyway, that's just my opinion. Insidious, the red door. Let me know what you think. Go off in the live chat in the comments. Call into the show. 313-466-4386. Here comes my favorite segment. Let's talk about sports, baby. Ah! From the stands of a sports fan, my man Pots and Pants. Oh, let's get into it, bro. Oh, pause, man. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, starting off with MLB real quick, man. They, they had their uh, all-star weekend. Vladimir Guerrero joins Vladimir Guerrero Sr. as the first father-son duo to win the Home Run Derby. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. won the All-Star Home Run Derby on Monday night, matching Vladimir Sr.'s 2007 title to become the first father-son duo to accomplish the feat. That was pretty nice. I actually liked that. I was like, oh, okay. The last time I heard about a father-son duo doing anything in, in Major League Baseball was Ken Griffey Jr. and Ken Griffey. So I, I just thought this was dope. Clearly by their names, they're not African-American, but, you know, they black. So, you know, we got to give it up to them, man. Or I, I at least want to give it up to them. So I just want to make note of that real quick. Moving forward in regards to sports. Uh, oh, yeah, yep. Yeah. So I just want to announce a couple fights. A couple fights that we got some updates on. First and foremost, if you don't know, 
We already got Earl Spence Jr. versus Terrence Bud Crawford, July 29th. Still going on. I saw something about Shakur Stevens going to the WBC, uh, calling calling a WBC commission basically and saying he wants to fight Devin Haney. He wants to force them to make Devin Haney fight him. I ain't never seen nothing like that. I just hope the boy get his fight at this point. I want to see that. That's a fight that I would pay for. Uh, moving forward, Jake Paul does have a fight with Nate Diaz, still scheduled for August 5th, 10 rounds. I don't even know why I'm announcing that at this point, because I'm definitely not about to watch that. Uh, but you might like it, so I just wanted to announce that in the base, uh, boxing world. Last but not least in boxing, Tyson Fury, the WBC and lineal heavyweight champion, will meet former UFC champion Francis Nanu. In a boxing match that's gonna be all uh, I'm sorry October 28th in Saudi Arabia now there was rumors going around that there was a, a no knockout clause in there that you, you could there were no nobody could get knocked down or knocked out they're saying that's false it's a it's a full-on match it's a full-on match between Tyson Fury and Francis Nanua so we'll see uh he's fighting a, the heavyweight boxing champion is fighting a UFC fighter bro we don't want to see that. Fight a, fight a boxer. Now, Tyson Fury, ain't nobody ain't nobody touching that man. Can we just put it out there? This dude is big. Pause. Uh, he he, he going to lay some hands on you. He going to lay some hands on you and baptize you like he did to, uh, Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder ain't even looking for that smoke no more. Rightfully so. They fought three times. But anyway, I, I just want to say Tyson Fury will make for an interesting fight. But you got to fight a boxer, bro. We not trying to see no exhibition UFC fight boxing. But anyway, that, that that's it in regards to boxing. That's all that I had, at least. Uh, moving on to what I, what I really want to talk about, NBA, man. So let's get into it, man. NBA season is off, but it's still a lot going on. I want to update. Have you, you remember the name Chet Holmgren? Chet Holmgren? He was a, he was a top prospect like a couple years ago. He got drafted by the OKC Thunder. He he got a he he had an injury. That's why you ain't been hearing his name. He had an injury actually. Uh, he taken a, a another positive step. He's been actually showing up in the summer league after getting uh his, his right foot uh getting surgery on his right foot. But anyway, they say he was showing out in the summer league opener. He had 16 points, 10 rebounds. This was just Saturday. As Oklahoma City Thunder beat the Dallas Mavericks 91 to 80 in their summer league opener. Okay, Chet showing up, showing out. I, I haven't heard that name in a while. He was one of those top prospects, and then they, they, they just go away, so you just never know. And I want to touch later on these top prospects and their injuries, and I, I, I want to talk about that. But hold on real quick. Moving forward, Pistons and Isaiah Stewart agree on a $64 million four-year extension. Isaiah Stewart averaged a career high of 11.3 points, 8.1 rebounds last season. He averaged 9 points and 7.8 rebounds over his three-year career and was entering the last year of his rookie contract. A solid signing. I'm not mad at it. A solid signing. 11 points, 8 rebounds. On the court, he's all right. He does too much sometimes. I think they really need an OG on the Pistons. They need an OG, bro. We need like one of the Pistons championship members. Tayshawn, Chauncey, Rasheed, Ben, 
uh, uh, Rip, we need one of y'all OGs there to really, I think one of them are in the front office. I think Ben is. Watch this man. He could develop into something good like a Jason Maxeel, bro. Just Jason Maxeel, bro. Nobody gave this man respect, bro. He was the janitor. That man used to come clean up, bro. Bro, don't get me started. Don't get me started, bro. Uh, anyway, Dallas Mavericks, Kyrie Irving signed a five-year shoe deal with Chinese sports maker company Anta, A-N-T-A. I want to look them up real quick. I got to see what their shoes look like. He's also named the chief creative officer at Anta. The lucrative new shoe deal for Irving will also give him the ability to recruit and sign players and other collaborators and bring a level of manufacturing to the United States to kickstart Anta's process to fully distribute in the United States. This man just signed a very big deal. I don't think y'all understand this. He basically linked up with an entirely new shoe company overseas, of course, but he's in China where they have the resources, bro. And he's even convincing them to not only be a chief creative officer, so he's going to be in charge of the designs, but he's going to get them to bring jobs to the United States. Like, that's crazy. They're building U.S. products here, which means it's probably going to cost way more. But I'm pretty sure they'll make some stuff over there, too. Point is, this is huge for somebody who just lost their deal at Nike, bro. You lost your deal at Nike. You still come up with another shoe deal. I'm interested to see what the shoe looks like. Can we be honest? Brands mean everything in the United States of America. So while it's probably very lucrative for Kyrie Irving, gives him a lot of creative control, this is also a brand that nobody in the United States knows about. Ain't nobody about to just be buying some answer shoes. Now, yes, when I say nobody, I don't mean it's not going to sell. People are going to sell his followers. Just like Steph Curry can sell some underarms. But you ain't, of course you're not about to get the numbers like you was getting at Nike or even a Reebok or Adidas. But I got to applaud him for taking his chance. Michael Jordan took a chance on Nike. Not to say that Kyrie Irving is Michael Jordan. I'm not doing that. I'm just saying and, and the parallels in regards to their shoe decision. Just like Steph Curry with Under Armour. Anyway, that's just a one to point out. Kyrie Irving, five-year shoe deal with a Chinese sports company. Check that out, man. Shout out to Kyrie Irving. A big announcement in the NBA. The NBA approves in-game flopping penalties, and they expanded the coach's challenge for the 2023-2024 season. Can we give it up for them for finally stopping these flops? Lord have mercy. The NBA Board of Governors ruled that the game officials will decide flopping penalties and that a team successful in its first coach's challenge will get a second one in that game. The flopping penalty will be assessed by game officials when they perceive a physical act intended to cause a foul on another player. The offending player will be charged with a non-sportsmanlike technical foul, which means it will not count towards an ejection and the opposing team will be awarded one free throw. Any player in the game can be designated by his coach to shoot the free throw, by the way. Referees can call the flop during live play or at the next neutral opportunity to assess the penalty. It is possible that a foul and a flopping violation could be called on the same play. 
The rule has been adopted on a one-year trial basis. So they just want to see how it's going to run. But thank you, God, for these whole-ass niggas that be flopping. Kyle Lowry, LeBron James, just to name a few. Oh, I'm pretty sure the list goes on. But those are, oh, y'all kill me. Y'all are too big to be flopping, pause. You too big for that, bro. So if I come up to you in the streets and I push you like this, you doing, you doing all this? You doing all that? No, you 6'9", 250. I hate when they do that, bro. Kyle Lowry, you probably small on the court, but in person, you probably 6'2", 200. You my weight and size, bro. Stop flopping, dog. I love that they're doing this. I love that they're doing this. I want to see how it's going to go. Oh, I can't wait to see the surprise look on their face when they try to force that foul, dog, and they get called for one. I love that. I love that. Now, this is only on a one-year trial basis. Hopefully, it goes well, and we get this continued. I think this is going to improve the game. Now, we just need the refs to call less fouls. Oh, man, I, I love this. But let me that's just what I think. Let me know what you think. Go off in the live chat in the comments or call into the show in regards to that. 313-466-4386. Uh, oh, two more things. One, Jamal Murray. They say he was upset because his NBA 2K, 2K24, NBA 2K24 rating came out as an 84. He was mad about it. Or I, I wouldn't say mad, but he was just like, how is this my rating? Now, they, let's just put it in perspective, right? The top five, Nikola Jokic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Luka Doncic, Joel Embiid, LeBron James, all ranked or rated 97. Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, 96. Zion Williamson. This is what would have pissed me off. 92% rating. And this man played 29 games last season. Oh, I would have threw a shoe at somebody, bro. I would be so mad. Why is Zion Williamson still getting these high praises and we barely see this man on the floor? We don't see him in no highlights during the playoffs. Barely see him in play uh, highlights during the season. Like, come on, man. I Listen, I'm, I'm a person. When Zion was getting recruited, when we were looking at his high school highlight tapes, I was like, yo, I can't wait to see this man in the league. Oh, I can't wait. But just like I always say, you don't know if it's going to translate. You don't know if it's going to translate into professional basketball stardom. A lot of people get out here and they, they play the game. And then they just don't turn out to be, they end up what a lot of people call a bust in the NBA. Now, I don't want to say that. I'm going to be respectful. But at the same time, bro, you're super injured. So you're barely playing games. But they give him a 92. Draymond Green got an 83. Klay Thompson get an 86. Jamal Murray, who's now the NBA champion, now an NBA champion, 84. I think that's BS. I think that's BS for one. Only because Zion Williamson is ranked higher than you and Draymond is just one notch underneath you. I think you did better than both of them. I've been a fan of Jamal Murray since the bubble. He showed he showed up, bro. He showed up in the bubble, came back from an injury, and became a NBA champion, man. Put some respect on his name. I'm, 
bro. I'm tired of y'all playing, bro. I've been watch my show. Go back to the first episodes of Kicking with KC. I've been talking about this for a while, man. Since I saw Jamal Murray in a bubble, I said, yo, yo, I want to see him get a ring. He got his ring. Give that man his respect in them ratings. Now, I also want to speak on this perspective. How much do we really care about these 2K ratings, bro? You dogging in real life. You an NBA champion. Give them that. Give them that. Let them have those, bro. But you a champion. Get your ring, get your trophy, and take it on the shoulder, pause. It is what it is. But uh, word to Cam and Mace. But any, but other than that, bro, like, what? Why are you even reacting to that? I, I can understand. It ain't like he said he was mad. It ain't like he's furious or nothing like that. He just made a statement on it. That's fair. But they NBA 2K ratings. These are video games, bro. Who cares? Who cares? I, I don't care. I don't play 2K. I don't have. I don't even own a game system. So I really don't care. But at the same time, if you're if you're an NBA player. And they're modeling a character after you. You will want it to reflect accurately. But how would you really measure ratings? I mean, I know it's the whole system behind it. But anyway, what do you think about Jamal Murray's rating on NBA 2K24 as an 84? Is that fair? Is he over Is he doing too much? Is he overreacting? Am I overreacting? Let me know. Go off in the live chat in the comments. Call into the show. 313-466-4386. Lastly, in the NBA, <clears throat> the San Antonio Spurs officially... Announced that they are going to sit Victor Wenbanyama for the remainder of the summer league season. Now, I understand protecting your assets. All right, let's get into some examples. Earlier, we spoke about Chet Holmgren. He was a top prospect. Ended up getting injured. Really didn't even get to go to the go to the regular season and make an impact. He was injured last season for the most part. Zion Williamson, another example. High prospect, got injured. We don't even see him play like that. I understand protecting your investment. But I want to say this. It's part of the game, bro. If you're going to get injured in the summer league, you probably would have got injured in the preseason, or you probably would have got injured in the regular season, or you probably would have got injured in the playoffs. Or you would have got injured in the finals, bro. What difference do it make? That depends on your situation, how you built, how you move athletically. Depriving people of these experiences to see these top prospect players play, doing load management. Y'all killing me, Smalls. You killing me, Smalls. Y'all taking, taking it away from the, from the, from the fans. We want to see it. All the way through. Plus, you're slowing their development down. Not to mention that. The more games you play in game, play in season games, not scrimmages and practice, but actual games you play, the more reps you get, the better you get. You see what I'm saying? All that other stuff, low management. What are you going to wait until you get to the playoffs to let this man actually play? Then he's going to be playing for the first time. You I don't agree with that. I know it's just the summer league. I know it's just the preseason. I know it's just a regular season. But as a fan from the stands, I don't like that. Y'all disrespecting the fans by taking these players out the game. 
load management and letting them sit for the rest of the summer league but that's just what i think let me know what you think go off in the live chat in the comments or call into the show 313-466-4386 we about to get up out of here man before we do that i got a word on my heart real quick thinking out loud real quick man i'm really starting to get tired of these movie remakes i know every couple years we see remakes we see sequels way in between the movies from the last movie that was made but these remakes are what's killing me dog y'all not putting no respect on our classics the color purple they're remaking that i never even watched the full color purple all the way through as an adult i probably started as a kid but i still know it's a classic don't touch it white men can't jump one of my favorite movies of all time they remade that and put that on Hulu. I feel so disrespected. House Party. Y'all done made so many of those and remade that. Y'all, do y'all even care? Do you even care? House Party, the new one was trash. Trash. And now I see that they're making Willy Wonka for a third time. Boy, y'all better stop. Y'all better stop right now before we stop. We gonna stop watching movies. We're going to watch all Tubi movies if y'all keep playing with us on these remakes. That's just what I think. Let me know what you think. Go off in the live chat in the comments. Call into the show. 313-466-4386. I ain't got the phone lines right here, so you can't call in. But check this out. Do me a favor at least, man. Kick it with KCMC on all social media at KIWKCMC. That's Kick It With KCMC, just the abbreviations on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, Threads, all that. K-I-W-K-C-M-C. And show some love to my sponsor, too, by the way, Team Elite. They on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and threads. Also at Team Elite 313. That's T-E-A-M-E-L-I-T-E 313. And check out their premium urban-based athleisure wear. T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, tech fleece, jogger sets, varsity sets, and more. It's all on the website, TeamElite313.com. Ask your mom, baby. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate you kicking it with, K, uh, with KCMC, man. Another episode in the books. If you got this far in the video, make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Hit the alert so you know when we're going live because we might pop up on you at any time, man. Hey, check this out. Make sure you show some love also to our other show on the channel, Unk Talk, hosted by Uncle KG, premiering again tomorrow, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Got another episode for y'all. Hey, man, also uh, uh, check out, I got some songs. Live on streaming platforms right now. Juice. Check it out. J-U-I-C-E. J-U-I-C-E. Featuring my man's Techmatic. Also got a party song on there. It's called Hands and Knees. Hands, ampersand, knees. That's my man's Techmatic on there also. Search it. KCMC. Just the letters. Appreciate you, man. 